0: Hey, everyone. Welcome back for another episode of the Three Things Podcast. It's, uh, my name is Casey Lee, obviously www.coachcaseylee.com. Uh, your host here, and I am joined with someone very special to me, um, uh, someone I've known for the last seven years here, and I, I'm very lucky to represent what he stands for every day. I'm joined with Bill Parisi, founder of the Parisi Speed School. Um, and as smart as he is in the terms of training uh, environment and youth fitness, he is an even better person, and I cannot believe that I'm actually interviewing him on a podcast right now. So I'm super pumped to be doing this. Bill, thank you so much for taking the time on a Friday afternoon. Um, how are you? I'm doing great and
1: uh, great to be here, Casey. Anything for you, for you my man. You do, great <laughs> stuff. you do great stuff, great
0: stuff. So for those who are maybe tuning in for the first time, the Three Things Podcast is a little unique, um, whereas I've got three things written down on a piece of paper here. These three things are three questions Um, that I'm going to ask Bill, Bill literally has no idea what I'm about to say, uh, which I think really makes these answers authentic, um, pretty genuine as well. And I think that that's kind of missing in the world of fitness and training and health and wellness that we're in now. Uh, I think that a lot of times people, you know, sit on one side of the fence and they have pretty scripted responses to most things. So I think it's pretty refreshing to get these candid responses from, um, you know, experts in our industry. So, uh, Bill, do you want to just kind of give us a quick little elevator speech as to just you? I know there's a lot, but just the, just give me the, the two-minute version.
1: Yep, I've done it a lot. So, yeah, no, started out as an undersized athlete in high school, took to training, went on to compete in track and field in college in the javelin throw uh, of all things, and uh, really dove into that event and the science behind how to improve speech, strength, power, flexibility, which took me around the world to learn different training philosophies, which led me to Finland in 1989. Uh, from there, I realized that we were lacking uh, a lot of these training methodologies in the youth space in the United States back in the late 80s and found a $500 van and started driving around from school to school teaching speed development and and injury resiliency development and and, and performance training methodologies. And then from there, grew a business from a five hundred dollar band to one location to ultimately five company store locations, focusing on youth performance, and then ultimately starting a licensing franchising business. And now we're upwards of ninety five locations. And you, Gacy, have been an intricate part of our team for the last, you know, six seven years. And now where you are in terms of your development and what you're doing, I'm so proud of what you've done, and you know, a big part of our mission.
0: It's awesome. Thank you. Um, we'll definitely have to do another one of these because I'd love to just kind of dive into really the business side of things. Today what I've got here are three questions kind of about Parisi, um, but also kind of just some of the current things that you've been up to. Um, obviously you got a, a chance to listen to you speak at the Parisi Speed Summit here a couple, couple months ago, um, and you just completed a trip to China, so we'll touch on that a little bit. Um, but the very first question, the first of the three things is um, you know, 25 plus years ago, you start the Parisi Speed School. Um, what did you think was going to come from that? When you were in the van, like, where did you think it was going to lead to?
1: That's a great question. Um, you know, my dad thought I was crazy, he, he, but he supported me. And I told him I want to teach speed. You know, no one's teaching speed training. Um, you know, was, wasn't a lot out there. No one. A lot of people didn't believe speed could be improved. And I got a lot of phone slammed in my face that's when we used to pick up the phone and actually dial right yeah so you know I really believed uh in the mission and you know the difference between thinking and believing right we we talk about that a lot Uh, I believed you know I was gonna you know make a change in the industry in terms of bringing speed to the forefront as as a foundational component to performance training and I knew if I stuck to my beliefs and as long as I was able to validate you know, the methodologies of training, which I did myself as an athlete and then did with a number of athletes before I even started the business because I was training athletes at college. When I was at undergraduate school, I was working with different athletes and then I actually was, believe it or not, working with the New York Giants and uh, as an undergraduate athlete and Phil Sims and then got a graduate assistantship at the University of Florida and was working with with their track team at the time and then... You know, I realized, man, there's really something here that really works. So if you find something that works and you totally believe in it and, and it works and you're, you're completely vested in it, you go all out and you just you never look back and you just keep driving and driving. No matter how many calls, phones are slammed in your face or email, non response emails you get, if you have a strong conviction and you have a strong product and belief and it works, it will work out in the end, and if it doesn't work out in the end, it's not the end.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's it's just wild to think. Um, you know, obviously, reading the book Success Patterns and and really diving into kind of, uh, I guess it's like an, an autobiography type type book, um, self improvement book at the same time. But it's just crazy to think, you know, like what and having be able to ask you that question, like what you thought Parisi would be to where it is now, you know, hundred locations throughout the country um you know places globally looking at bringing the brand in and and kind of the message of youth fitness it's it's wild and I don't I've always wanted to know if that's really what you thought it was going to be or if it just kind of I mean what was the moment where you really realized like wow like I've I've created something you know Casey and and I know I didn't maybe answer that question before and I'm going to answer it
1: now um I was so focused on the task at hand, you know, either the school I was talking to, the coach I was talking to, or the meeting next week or or next month. I never looked that far ahead. Like I never really said, "I'm going to make this a global brand." It just evolved. And my whole, you know, philosophy has been: if you is if you stay short sighted and you do everything you can to to do the best you can in that short term, the long term plan works out. You know, I'm, I'm not saying I never. I, I didn't ever think about long-term, but I never gave it a lot of thought. So did I think it was going to be a global brand that I think we were going to have 100 locations? No. <laughs> the answer would be no. <laughs> so I didn't think that was going to be the case. I thought, let's get one location. Let's make it great. Then let's get it. We got an opportunity for a second location. So things evolved where I thought about growth, different ways to grow. Started with company-owned stores, then graduated to licensing and, and franchising and it evolves and you get a little bit of a lead or an insight you meet someone they give you some strategy and you build upon that and you keep keep you keep going because sometimes plans would need to change you need to alter your 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 plan but the, sh- the plans have always been you know 12 20 more 12 to 24 months uh long N- not never much longer than that um you know in terms of Planning now, if you sign a lease, a five-year lease, you're with The plan we're going to be here for at least five years, right? I yeah, mean, yeah. you know, those you know the plan's going to be, and you develop your business accordingly. So, uh, hopefully, that answers the question in terms of uh, I, I, I didn't I didn't think it was going to get to
0: this point. No, that's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, what? So, and we have this debate a lot. By we, I mean I think industries or industry professionals, sports, wellness um, health, fitness, youth performance, professional performance, whatever it might be. Um, in your opinion, what do you think is missing from youth sports today? Obviously you've got two young boys. Um, you've probably been a a the opportunity to be a parent on the sideline and watch a lot of these kids train, um, whether it be in their sport or competition in the, in the weight room, whatever it is. Um, so take it again with all these questions, however you interpret it is, is totally fine. But what do you think is missing in youth sports today?
1: That's a great question. Uh, When you talk about youth sports as a whole, whether it be performance training or just recreation or or club sports, all the above, what's missing most is the coach understanding how to connect and empower the kid and build self-confidence in that kid and really coach character, not talent you know, and, you know, developing work ethic in kids. I mean, so many people are focused on winning. Winning is a byproduct of the mentality you build with your athletes. Winning is a byproduct of work ethic and teamwork and respect and, you know, understanding how to, you know, work as a team, how to play as a team, how to train as a team. So coaches education in terms of how to inspire and motivate kids and get them to perform their best when it counts most on and off the field so and you know that from our whole what we do at the parisi speed school that's a big part of what we do you know and 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 getting coaches to connect with that but i think that's really needed in the youth sports world in in the sports and recreation or, or club team coaching um everyone's hung up on scholarship or winning and their kid being the star you know playing favorites or just all this nonsense that goes on where in the big scheme of things, you know, what's your kid, how are these kids going to perform when they're, you know, 24 years old in the real world, you know, 25, 26, how are they going to raise a family? How are they going to manage their job? How are they going to re- look back and relate to their times as an athlete? How are those times going to help them? You know, how did they overcome adversity? How did they, you know, challenge a teammate to step up when they weren't stepping up, whether it be in a game or in a practice to have that, that ability and confidence to take a leadership role so it's those life skills that we learn from sports that's what's missing the most it's coaches i would say coaches education in that area and you know that's why we put so much emphasis on what we do because it's missing in this in the in the sports world and it's in a lot of places unfortunately it's missing in the in the training world but we have it more in the training world than than the actual competitive sports world
0: yeah that's that's awesome that's a great answer um, in the first episode of, of this podcast, I had on a friend of mine, Dr. Stephanie Allen, who's a physical therapist in the Boston area. And I asked her, you know, what do people look for, or how would you recommend someone finding a physical therapist? And, and she touched on a lot of those things as to, you know, just what, what is the person that you're working with, if you're the client or patient coming in, what is, what is that practitioner bringing to the table as far as these skills that we're talking about, even in a rehabilitative setting, And I always think about that question is when people decide ultimately to train with us at Parisi. And I like to think it's what you just touched on and and kind of those life skills that go outside of just, yeah, we'll make you faster. You'll jump higher. You're going to land better mechanically, everything, all that stuff is going to happen. But, you know, we're largely in the business of building better people. Um, And that starts, you know, from age five, when you walk through our doors into our little speedsters program, all the way up to our peak program with college kids and um, you know, it's funny because we always, people always talk about, well, what's missing is a focus on athletic development, athletic development. And I think you hit the nail square in the head right there with it's building better people. Yep.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So last question, uh, I actually have two of them here, but I'm going to stick with one. Um, and I hope I can ask this in a way that it makes sense. So you touched on it a little bit um, when you gave your introduction about how you traveled um, a lot as a undergraduate athlete, high school athlete. Uh, and you were learning from other people, um, in other countries as it relates to your trip to China, what was that like as far as you learning from them, educating them on youth fitness? Like, did you get a chance to see what, what they're doing there in that country? Like, how does, you know, how do, especially now being 25 plus years from when you were learning in that kind of environment in Finland? uh what's what's that like now having just gone to China and spent some time there
1: yeah well I was brought over to really work with youth coaches um to help them understand what we're doing here in America how we're inspiring kids how we're going about training kids they're they're really far behind in terms of where where we are they're probably 20 to 30 years behind in terms of training Uh, At the youth level, not at the Olympic level, but, you know, at that youth level, which they have a lot of youth there (laughs) and a lot of people that that need training. So it was mainly me providing education in, you know, about a seven-hour, you know, clinic that I put on, uh, speaking engagement in clinic. And it was really interesting because one thing that they really gravitated to, they loved the drills. uh, They loved the, uh, the education. Uh, but they love the inspiration. Uh, I got them to come out of their comfort zone and got them to really engage and make them realize the education and the content is one thing, and you got to have that they appreciated that, but it 's the delivery of that content you know it 's how that content's delivered and To me, the biggest surprise was how much they took to that, how much they embraced that that you know, it's not really how it's done in China, right? They're a little bit more on the quiet side. It's a little bit more stoic in terms of their uh, personalities and and whatnot. Well, we had some fun. We rocked and roll America style. So we (laughs) we really rolled it out there and we did it, you know, we did it the Parisi way, if you will, which I know you can relate. And they just bought it hook, line and sinker. And that to me was a, was a great breakthrough for them and for me because I was a little nervous on how it would be accepted. Right. I mean, it's new, but I just said, Hey, I have nothing to lose. Right. We're not over here yet. We're not doing much yet. Let me just go be me, not, not hold anything back and just be what Parisi is. And it's letting it go and, and delivering good, sound, solid evidence-based content, but in a way they've never seen before. Yeah. Uh, because there's a lot of way to deliver content. There's a lot of strategies, there's, you know, presentations. And I did a presentation and I did a lot of different things, but in that presentation, we brought in a lot of motivational strategies. And at first, I I didn't know if it was going so well, right? It was because they were trying to figure it out. Now everything was being interpreted, right? I had an interpreter, so it was a tough read. And when you speak for six and a half hours through an interpreter, It's sometimes hard to get a read, but by the second half of the day, you know, it was a, day split out three hours, three hours with a lunch break. Um, It was, they were rocking and rolling and uh, it was fun. I couldn't get out of there because everybody wanted the photo. Everybody wanted something going on. So you, you kind of know it went well when that happens.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm going to, I'm going to break the three things rules. I'm going to go unprecedented to a fourth thing. Um, It's kind of just a quick little follow up. What do you think is next for the Parisi Speed School? It's a great question. You know, the opportunity, I believe, in this market, uh,
1: in the youth market, uh, is tremendous. And I say that because there are a lot of facilities, a lot of people that are getting into training youth, but more and more youth realize or more and more parents realize the opportunity to uh, you know, improve their athletes' you know, performance. But with our focus on evidence-based performance improvement, and really building the confidence and the character of the kids and now where we're going with our licensing model and you know scaling our content to allow an individual coach access to it and to allow people to take this information and be a part of this mission and this association that we have that's tightly knit and to make a change the next step is truly truly global I mean, continue to grow our footprint here in the U S and get more people involved in our training. And, you know, I'm so excited about our, you know, our team and our scientific advisory board, you know, guys like Stuart McGill and Dan path and Ken Clark and guys that are coming on board and guys like yourself, that have been a member of our corporate team and one of our master coaches for so long and, you know, spreading the, the, the knowledge. And it's guys like you that have come into our system five, six, seven years ago that I've seen grow so much from not only your involvement with us, but your involvement outside of us, your involvement to do what you're doing now with your podcast, to go to con Ed on your own, to develop yourself. And you're, you're doing so many great things and you're bringing it back not to us, but to your community and to be involved with people like you, to get more people exactly like yourself involved in our mission. So we can do two things. One help grow not only our brand, but our mission and to help more kids. And number two, to help guys like yourself grow. Coaches, help them grow. Help them grow their business, their brand, their organization, their personal mission. So I get so charged up to be on this call with you, to see you do what you're doing and sharing your your intellectual, you know, mind and your expertise and bringing it out there and creating your own network to bring to, to together and to bring it out is, is phenomenal. So I see it, us doing more of that continuously growing, affecting more coaches because coaches are my, are ultimately my
0: customer. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, that's been what's, you know, people always ask me like, yo, Parisi, like, what's it about? And, and I always say it's the network, um, you know, just talking to other coaches across the country, whether it's Andrew Patterson in Maryland, or the wearing guys down in Virginia Beach, or um, Anthony out in San Diego with Joe, like these, you know, these coaches that, you know, just are doing it, and that's really it, and I think that's the value of of Parisi as far as being a coach in the network, uh, is you have access to all the other coaches that are doing the same thing you're doing, and, and whether it be teams or privates or, or just, you know, handling tough situations with athletes. Like that's, that's what it's about as far as coaching development goes, sharing experiences. And, and I mean, Parisi, that's something that no one ever really talks about. I feel like is, is just that ability that we have within our network. But um, yeah, I think that that's, that's a great way to shine a light on it and, um, and keep going. Yeah. Bill, what's the best way if people want to get more, you know more Bill Parisi. How do they do it? Where do they go? How do they get in contact with you? Or any of the stuff that you're putting out?
1: Yeah, uh, b- b- simple. Our website, you know, Uh, You know, get on our, our 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 list and you know receive our newsletters, receive our content. I and mean, we have lots of content on our website. Uh, we have obviously courses now, and uh, people can get involved with. So there's lots of ways. You know, we're speaking, speaking at a couple of the Perform Better's throughout the year, and. Uh, spoke at a lot of different events this year, but that schedule is coming up. But at the end of the day, if, if people are interested in what we're doing, by all means, you know, get involved, get on our mailing list, and, hey, listen, schedule a webinar to learn a little bit more of what we're about, uh, get an understanding. We're super excited on where we're going. We're super excited to just to see, again, guys like yourself, Casey, come into this industry and now doing what you're doing. You know, just this exercise today, the fact that you're interviewing different coaches you interview chad and now myself and other professionals in the industry you're doing a great service to the industry but you're also you know know, gaining great insight yourself you know as a leader and as a professional so empowering guys like you uh, we love doing it so reach out we're happy to help
0: awesome awesome hey thanks bill that's another episode of the three things podcast if you guys want some more information on myself services that I offer, www.coachcaseylee.com. You can subscribe on iTunes now, click the little purple button. It'll come right to your phone. It's free. It's awesome. Um, Bill, thank you so much. I'm sure we'll do this again. My pleasure. Thank you.